Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited today. I've got someone on that I've been talking about a little bit, let's be honest, and she's finally here. So I really want to introduce all of you to my amazing human design mentor, Kim Gould. Hey, Kim, welcome. Hi, Emma. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Oh, it's so exciting to have you here. And I've been promising you to my listeners for a while. So um, this is the beginning of something awesome. I just know it. Yes. Beautiful. Now, Kim, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about you. Obviously, you've been doing human design for a long time. Yeah. Um, so can you tell my listeners a bit about your human design journey and um, you know, what makes you this incredible specialist now? <laughs> Thanks, Emma. So uh, 2003, I was actually editing a journal a magazine called ooh, Children of the New Earth, which was about indigo children way back then. It was um, an American magazine and there was a little um, ad for human design in the magazine in the days when they used to actually send magazines out in the mail. And uh, I just saw that little mandala and I thought, that's it. That's, that's for me. Um, back in those days, there was no, basically very little internet, <laughs> no Skype, no, you know, really no online education at all. Wow. Um, but I How got, did you do your body graph? Well, I had a Mac and there was no way to do it on a Mac, so I had to do it by hand. Oh, that's why you're so good at it, far out. <laughs> I had to do all the calculations by hand, colour it in by hand. Wow. Until I could afford to get a Windows computer. You know, and then I could, there was some basic software back then. Brilliant. So, yeah. 
Um, so it was very different back then. And I actually um, was mentored um, by Zeno Dixon for quite a long time. And that was how I learned because there were no courses to do when I started. Uh, so it was, it was very individual to me. And I was given an incredibly technical really deeply technical understanding of human design and then I you know built my own understanding on top of that so you know one of the things that I think has allowed me to do what I do is that that the incredible depth of the understanding of how the charts put together and of course like you say you know having to do it all by hand mm. you have to think things through that you wouldn't have to think through if you're actually just clicking on a chart on the on a computer yeah, and I would say that that's your superpower, like the depth of the chart and the nuances that, you know, like I've, I've sort of been learning with you for quite a while now and I feel like I've just scratched the surface and I'm always yeah. like, oh, when will I ever know what you know? Probably what, 15 well, years? <laughs> 15 years, yeah. And you said, well, probably more now, but this is the thing also for me, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the things that I thought to myself way back then when I discovered, when I first started studying, maybe after a month or so, because I'm a voraciously um, curious person and I get bored with things really quickly. And I remember thinking, I am never going to get bored with this. Yeah, so true. Me too. I, I must admit, it's almost like my guilty pleasure. Um, instead of sitting down watching something or whatever, if I get this some spare time, it's like, right, what can I read? Where can I go deeper? Because you can just dive so deep into the tiny nuances, can't you? Yeah. And also there's so many things, especially with what I do with all the different layers and the asteroids and all that kind of stuff. There's so many places you can go with it as well. Mm. And one of the things I like to say to people who are studying now, who feel a little bit like you're saying, you know, like, when am I ever going to learn this? And, and think about astrology. If astrology had only been been around for 50 years or well, I mean we've had human design for less than 50 years imagine how exciting it would be to actually have this astrology tool and think well wow we need to explore this we've had mm. thousands of years of people contributing to our understanding of astrology yeah but you and I and and hi everyone out there listening we're all pioneers in human design yeah and I love you know what that's also just um, hit on something that I love about you as well is that you see this as this big open opportunity for all of us to collaborate and work yeah. this thing out together. And I, this hasn't always been my experience with human design. So I think that's the other thing that really draws me to you is this great like openness, like let's all do this. Let's all work yeah. it out together. Yeah. And, and you know, because um, for me, it's really important that that exploration has some kind of rigor. It's got to be based in the reality, like I said, that technical underpinning of the chart, because there is, there's math, <laughs> And mm. science in the human design chart, it's not kind of, you know, um, just, uh, what's the word, kind of, you know, spiritual mumbo jumbo. There's math mm. and science in the structure of this chart. And yeah. we need to come from that place. I mean, the, the structure of the hexagrams, which make up the gates, it is exactly the same as the structure of, um, what's that? Trying to think, Leibniz numbers um, that use is used for computer the fractals or the uh, not fractals. There's oh, the one zero one. I'm just trying, I can't think of the name of it, but it's exactly the same structure as the kind of maths that Leibniz, the mathematician, created to which is then the basis of computer language. Yeah. So um, you know, there's there's math and science in this yeah. chart, and so while it's important that we all 
put our interpretation into it and our experience into it and our inspired minds into it. We also need to stay grounded in the rigour of the chart as well. Yeah, I so agree. I love that. And you say that a lot. Um, me being, you know, not being defined or being undefined in the root, I do tend to get excited by life. Um, and you're so right. It's always that bringing it back and grounding it back into human design, um, into the, the science, I should say. And that's, the, again, I think that's also why I have been so attracted to the work that you do is because it is grounded in the science. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love a bit of woo, but for me to, to do um, my work, I really want to always be founded in, in science and, um, and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Now, to well, I, I, Sorry, Emma, can okay. I just say as well, as well is important because it's a soft science as well. Yeah. And, and part of this whole thing, you know, we've had it for less than 50 years and we've got thousands of years to go. And, it, you know, look at one of the most, uh, one of my favourite astrologists, Dane Rudger. I mean, he just channeled almost everything. He was like this amazing genius who channeled a whole lot of stuff around astrology. And so it, it's important. We have the science as well as the kind of soft science yeah, the consciousness side of it, where we actually bring through new knowledge, and and we could, but then it needs to be integrated, I think, into the the correct structure. That's, yeah. So yeah, that's enough love on that. that. Anyway. No, but I love that. It's so good and spot yeah. on. It's got to be balanced, left and exactly. right, male and female. Exactly. I was about to say yang. Exactly. Exactly. Now today we actually we're going to have a bit of a chat about what you actually just said as the core of human design. So I'll let you um, start. So tell yeah. us, what do you believe the core of human design is, Kim? Look, I, I used to talk about it being decision-making, but I think, which kind of bored me. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, ho-hum. It didn't feel like my kind of juicy take on it. But I think right now, you know, we're actually um, transitional beings. We're actually in this process of bridging between the way humanity's been for thousands of years and where we're going. And I think where we're going quite quickly. And when I say quite quickly, still you and I and most of the people listening are just bridge people who are going to create the level of consciousness for something new that's coming that is really unrecognisable, I think, for us, almost unimaginable for us from here. Um, and, and as part of that transition, what we are doing is bringing consciousness deeper and deeper and deeper into the cellular level of our physical body. So we're combining consciousness and materiality. Absolutely. And, and, Far out. I love that. What human design does is it show, it, it literally shows for each person how to do that. It's, it's actually a map for each individual person for how to do that. Yeah. And what it does is it shows us very precisely for each person how to give up struggling against our true nature and lessen resistance, how consciousness needs our body, like what, or rather what our body has, has been born to provide in terms of being a vessel for our consciousness to come into. So we're kind of doing it back to front where we think I'm going to get conscious and, you know, my body's going to come along with that. But instead, our body is actually the thing that says, I know the kind of vehicle you need for your consciousness to blossom in this lifetime. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. And the thing that just stood out for me was to give up the struggle. You know, I yeah. so resonate with this in my practice, with my clients, myself. Like, I've done the struggle, yeah? Um, and I think what's so cool about what you said is it's like, I'm always talking or often talking about how 
we're constantly going external first. So we see people out there, we see experiences out there, we see things out there and we're like, right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. Like we're trying on different clothes. Whereas the human, human design goes, it's really quite clear, you know, one, two, three, four, five, this, do this and you will let go of the struggle. So it's that internal first and then external. Yeah. And you know, that's the 2946 channel in human design, that, that whole thing about like, okay, that other person's done that and it looked so easy and they succeeded. And so if I do it exactly like that, follow those steps, I'm going to get there. And one of the things that I'm always doing with people, and I'm sure you are too, is saying, they'll go, oh, I'm struggling like this. And, like and I say, why don't you, why, why, like, the, like the little Mexican girl in the ad, why not both? But why not just do it your way? And a lot of what I do is just giving people the courage and, and permission basically to do it their way, which is the easy way, the obvious way, the way that they kind of think, oh, no, I can't, it can't be that easy. Yeah. And you know what? I have to jump in on that because of all your years of experience and all your years of actually setting people free. I think what's so important about what you just said is that, and, and it came out of your mouth as such an obvious thing, but there are still so many people going, what do you mean I can just listen to myself and follow my own internal guidance? So over the hard. years, it's yeah, hard. it's really it's hard. Scary. I used to say, this is not an evolution. It's a revolution. Like this is an internal revolution. This is something that shakes up your entire life. And can I share a personal story? Please. So when I, um, just, just around the time that I discovered human design, I had to leave a 20 year marriage because it was like completely wrong for me and I also spent two years away from my children because actually I'm not sure if I had human design beforehand. I hope my children aren't listening, but they know I love them. They're in their 20s now. Um, <laughs> if, I, if, I had, if I had human design before, I wouldn't have got married. I wouldn't possibly have had children. And so like these are the kinds of really huge, big realizations that people can have when they start to, it's a huge revolution. And one of the things that I think is really important is I always tell people, you, you don't have to take action on everything, but you just notice, you notice and you notice and you notice. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that you said that because it's something I'm always sharing with um, the listeners and my clients is that pay attention, write it down, journal it. You know, if you're not quite ready to do whatever that extreme thing that your body's guiding you to do. Don't yeah. freaking do it. Just write it down and pay exactly. attention. Pay attention. Start with this. Exactly. Start and, small. And everything is is just panning out the way it is. And look, that for me that was that was a pretty. I had a pretty extreme shift, but I'm a pretty extreme person anyway. <laughs> and I always did the radical thing with this. And not everyone is going to be wanting to do that. And not everyone's going to suddenly look at their life and go, oh my God, my entire life is complete crap and I need to change it. That's not going to happen for everyone. But what I, what I suggest that people do is that they, they honour the noticing. Yeah. So you can say, and I tell people to do this, you say, oh, hello, you know, whatever, mm. splenic response or emotional awareness or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Hello, their internal awareness. I hear what you've got to say. I'm really sorry, but I haven't got enough, you know, guts or courage or, or the time's not right, doesn't feel right for me, or I just, I can't make myself do it now, whatever, whatever the reason. I'm really sorry that I can't do this right now, but I hear you. Yeah. And so you honour that inner awareness 
despite the fact that you're not actually acting on it because it means you're not pushing it down you're not fighting against it you're actually honoring it and seeing where you can gradually start to shift and do it gently I love that. And it's so aligned with another one of the tools that I give all my clients. And I've talked about it at length on the podcast about um, using our journal as, you know, often as our friend. And we like, I will say, write it in your journal and ask it to hold on to it for you. Yes. You know, so that it's, it literally gives the ego the opportunity to let go of it and sit it outside of you and see what comes of it. Uh, And wait for solutions to turn up because they do. And simple, you know, simply, but I mean, there's, there's so many more kind of subtle, um, you know, individual ways that we can work through this. This is very general, just that, you know, it could apply to everyone. But I think it, it, I'm a huge fan of doing things in a very gentle way. So I didn't want my example to be like. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. But also I want people to know, like I, sometimes people think it's always been easy for me too. But, you know, I, it was a really big shift for me, but I dived right in because I just needed to, obviously. Yeah. So tell me or tell the listeners, if we're to give up the struggle, what are the first things we need to do in regards to our human design to getting, you know, giving up that struggle? Well, I think the first thing to do is obviously to find out what your inner awareness is and how that operates for you. That's, you know, you've got to have that information. Um, so, so what type you have, so that's usually the first thing people learn about in their human design <clears throat> is um, what their type is and so how they're actually intended to respond to life and how life will respond to them. Um, the second thing is that awareness is really important to me because I think, you know, if you're emotion, if you've got a defined solar plexus center and you're emotionally aware, the only thing you need to really know is give yourself more than enough time for every decision that you make. And that will completely change your life. It will completely, that one simple thing will change everything forever. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I can absolutely vouch for that. And yep. what the thing that I think is amazing now, and again, I've shared a lot on the podcast, is that, I mean, I always sleep on my big decisions and that sort of thing, but now I've really got the handle on my emotional wave and the how things work for me. Yeah. Sometimes it takes me five seconds, like just yeah. five seconds, and I get that emotional yeah. clarity. But it's almost like now that I give, have given myself permission to wait for it, yeah. Um, things really shift. And when, you know, and you've seen me, I'm the first one to be, you know, the second I'm Jump out in. of alignment with that, I'm like, yeah, let's go, 34, yeah, 20, yeah. I'm in. No, hang on a second. And inevitably, <laughs> the moment I get back into that, it's like, oh, that just feels like, it just feels like so home. calm. Yeah. 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 yeah and, yeah. and the second thing is for people who have splenic awareness, um, it, that whole thing, you know, one of my exes I used to watch, I'd say, would you, so as an example, would you like to go to the movies? And I'd see this like, yay, in her eyes. And then like a minute, like, oh, well, I'm not sure that, to, and I go, no, you said, yeah, that was a yes. Because yeah. the spleen is existential, super fast, faster than thought, faster than speech. And what, what people have generally learned, whether it be taking time to get emotional awareness or uh, trusting that first quick hit, what gen- people have generally learned is to override that. Yeah. And so oh, people, who, it's weird, but people who are emotionally aware tend to try to go faster and people with a defined spleen try to go slower. Oh, oh we I better, can t- think, I better we, think it over. Yeah, we can vouch for that in our family because Justin has uh, splenic awareness. Yeah. And he's always like, his old way of being was very much slow down. Yeah. Take his time to work things out. He had to think it through. 
Um, whereas now he's really stepped into it. Now it's just like, boom, he just knows. Yeah. Um, and it's been one of the absolute game changers for him, trusting yeah. it, trusting yeah. it and acting on it. Just game changer. Yeah, trusting that he can act on it. And I think this is the important thing is that when we, we don't have to learn to be the person we're designed to be, we are that person already. It's yes. really just like kind of washing the dust off the windscreen in a little bit. You know, oh, I love that. I say that because we're in Australia and we've had all that dust. Yeah, dust. exactly. Far out. Oh, so filthy. <laughs> but, you know, it is a bit like like cleaning the windscreen so that we can actually go, oh, yeah, that's what my body, I knew that was what my body was telling me. I just learnt not to pay attention i love 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 yeah. that metaphor and i think that that's really powerful for everyone that's why i just jumped in sorry to interrupt you open okay. throat i shouldn't do that okay. um because i really just want to make a point that what you just said is so powerful it's brushing the dust off who we already are we have to stop trying to be someone that we're not that's right and human design gives us the map to brush the dust off and to you know be okay while we're still cleaning the freaking car that we've got some sort of direction to head in what happens is that if we're not making decisions correctly as we're designed to that means that we never actually know what's the right decision for us and so our mind jumps in and goes oh well, let me figure it out oh my god they've left me in charge oh no oh no i'm in charge i don't actually have a clue i can't make decisions but it seems like they've left me in charge oh my goodness, what will we do? Oh, I know, someone else did that, I'm going to try. So that's what happens then in our heads, yeah. right? So our heads are going, like doing all this berserk stuff. Yeah. And then they're trying, you know, your mind's trying to be the best person it can be. But then what happens is when human design comes along and people say, oh, wow, that's me. And mind goes, now I have to try and be that person. So the mind is trying to be who you already are and yeah. it just adds an additional layer of com complication. Absolutely. But yet the, the hardest thing is to let go, right? Yeah. And then to actually get the difference between trying to be the person you're designed to be and just relaxing into the process of feeling what it's like to be that person. Oh, I love that. I love that. So what's your advice for that person who is still trying to force themselves into their design? Um, what's your advice that they, what can they do? How can they actually just relax into their design? Well, generally speaking, because of course, you know, this is always the issue with human design is that everyone's chart is different. And so, you know, you would say a different thing to each person, but generally speaking, um, just, I'm a, you know, I always say, you like, you just said something about your superpower. My superpower is observation. Like that's the one thing I tell people all the time don't you don't have to do anything you don't have to make any changes mm. all you have to do is observe so if you know what your um your inner awareness is and how you're designed to make decisions you can just observe what it feels like specifically in your body and i'm a really big fan of that it's you know the experience of what your actual physical felt sense is how, do it, how does it feel for you? How do you feel as you're going through your day? What feels good and what doesn't feel good? And I think um, to, to notice the places, it's a good question. I'm just, I'm just trying to find the quickest route to, <laughs> to get you know, something that's really succinct. Um, the, the, to find um, a way that you can... Um, find the places where you are successful in feeling good, where you have trusted, 
yeah. where you have listened to whatever that awareness is, where you have taken more time for your emotions or you have trusted that quick existential hit from your spleen or whatever it is, your gut, your sacral response. Find, observe the places where you have succeeded and you've had a good response. And what you're doing is it's kind of like you're building a, a memory, a muscle memory. Yep that builds trust over time. And it does take time, but that's basically, I think what you're doing, it's kind of building a cellular memory of trust in yeah. the process. I love that. And I absolutely love that because it's so aligned again to all the work that, um, that I do, that I share here. And it's all about, you know, from an NLP point of view, it's restoring deletions, you know, it's, yeah. it's restoring that information that at some point our brain has gone, oh, I don't need that. So I'm just going to get rid of it. Mm. And actually, it's the most important information. It's how yeah. our physical body and how our internal guidance system is responding. And I, I think that that's incredibly powerful. Just observe, notice, don't yeah. try and do anything or be someone new. Just allow yourself to show up, you know, yeah. a little bit at a time. Yeah. And there's a kind of, I suppose, embodied mindfulness in that process of mm. just paying attention to ourselves but in our culture our um, awareness is so as you said so external all the time that we uh, we have learned very much to take our cues from out there and to start taking our cues from inside like even things like um, you know the alarm goes off in the morning you get up <laughs> rather than saying well gee what's what's my body feeling one of the exercises i give people is to give themselves certain periods of time so it could be a whole day which would be pretty hard but to start with maybe an hour where you don't do anything you just let your body do whatever it wants yeah wow oh my I love god that, that instantly just triggered my ego i've got to tell you like, <laughs> I'm sign me up. I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's a really strange thing to do, but you know, when I first started working with human design, I was living out way out in the bush, like miles from anywhere in a little cottage by myself out in the bush. And I lived like that for a few years. I had no need to do anything. And I just played with human design and um, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And that set something in place for me that's lasted me ever since yeah and I just want to share with my listeners as well because a lot of them are you know traversing the corporate world into something that's more aligned I just want to just share that part of your story like your your first incarnation was a lawyer wasn't it yeah and um the last thing I did I had my own legal practice down in Wollongong and um Loved it. I loved being a lawyer. I was a litigation lawyer. I used to go into court and flap my long hair around like Marsha from the Brady. Love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I really loved it. But then I got really, really sick. And it was probably um, about 10, well, no, probably about eight years after I got really sick um, that I found human design. And I hadn't been able to figure out what's the missing piece. There's something there's some reason why I haven't been able to pull myself back together again. And then when I discovered human design, just the sacral response, living in response, not initiating and the solar plexus center awareness, taking time to make decisions, those two things, they just made the most immense difference. Yeah. I let things unravel. Things were t so tightly wound up in me. I was trying to control them all the time. Yes. Yeah, if I can get more control, I'll figure this out, you know, I'll make things yeah. right. And what I did was the opposite then. 
and yeah. everything just took on its own shape and form and I could relax and be myself. Oh my God, that is awesome. We're going to have to finish this episode here because I think that that is so aligned with so many people that listen to this. That mm. um, I think often people think that um, bringing things like human design into your world means that you have to give up life as we know it. And it's not about that at all. It's about integration and really following who you really are. On it will inside. lead you to the right place. But as I said, I'm a big fan of the gentle and I'm a big fan of doing things at your own pace. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Mm. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. And it's going to be the first of many. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm sure all the listeners are too. Thanks so much for being here. No, it's my pleasure, Emma. Uh, and it's, so, it's so fun to talk about this stuff always. Mm. Oh, isn't it? My goodness. I could literally just talk to you all day long. Um, okay, everybody. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I look forward to being with you on the next podcast and Kim will be with us again soon, won't you, Kim? Yes. Yes, I muted myself. <laughs> Love it. Okay. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> and remember, everybody, to be you, back you and love you. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.